Hello, and welcome to Cartel Aristocrats cast number 105. I'm Jeremy, and as always, I'm joined with my lovely co-host, Edwin of UnnamedGameStore.com, Jim Caselli of GatheringMagic.com, and Travis Allen of MTGPrice.com. As always, this cast is sponsored by GatheringMagic.com and CoolStuffInc.com, your number one source for all of your Magic the Gathering needs, with free shipping on orders of $100 or more, or a sweet 25% buyless bonus. We only recommend sending them all of your cards, either in real life or online. How are you guys doing? I'm doing well, but do you just like change the introduction every time you do it so that people know that it's recorded? And then you ask me every week pre-recorded or not. I actually don't think I ask you like if it's pre-recorded, I just ask you if you just changed it on purpose. Mm-hmm. How are you doing this week, Ed? Good. And we finally have Travis Allen back after a long-deserved break of a whole week. Yeah, good. And we finally have Travis Allen back after a long break of a whole week. Yeah, racquetball on Monday nights makes it hard to be every time. Um, so yeah, we uh, we haven't really. There's not really much going on with G Finance right now. Um, Dual lands are finally dropping. Card Kingdom, for example, as we talked about last week, has been scaling back its buy list on about most eighty uh, percent. I want to say most of the dual lands they're starting to drop. Uh, dual land prices are starting to drop. I don't think Chiba's a legacy GP, so that might be part of it, as well as just like the general consensus of reserveless stuff. Uh, Collector's Edition is continuing to post record profit margins, which is nice because it seems like everything else is already spiked. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. Is there anything with the reserve list or collector's edition that you guys want to let your feelings or be known on or share your opinions about or not really? I think it was only the natural conclusion to all of the fervor. Um, been pricey for a while, but we're a good pickup. So uh, I thought about it, but never really looked too deep because I didn't want to just throw however much it was. That a full set cost was at them, but if you manage to grab them, I think you're probably going to be sitting pretty. I'm kind of yeah. this is the thing that I get to own and hold, and I think it will go up in price, and I always want it. And just for the singles, it's like they look like what is it, beta or alpha? They look. Well, I guess there's a couple of them, but they look like old cards. If you put them in sleeves, they look like old cards. They're the closest you're going to get to power without buying power. So I think it's basically, a, I'm going to play this everywhere and I will just forego the opportunity to play these in like true sanctioned events type of thing. Because for most people who are playing old school or formats like that, they're probably not playing real sanctioned events anyways, most of the time. So it's a super cheap way to get cards for those types of decks. Yeah, I mean, even just like, even if you want to use it basically as a proxy and commander, like I have a collector's edition i think or international edition. yeah specifically for uh collector's edition stuff those will be legal in our old school event um this saturday we're expecting a lot of players and uh for a lot of players who just want to play old school for the cheapest way possible collector's edition or revised is the way to go so you're starting to see revised cards pop and you're starting to see collector's edition mocks and be worth what Unlimited Moxon were worth like a year ago, which is crazy. So it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, if if they're if people are saying that they're legal in this old school format stuff, like 
it doesn't surprise me that there's demand for it. Yeah, Ed, have you noticed like anything specifically from internationally with like demand for this stuff or not really? Does it like vary based on which region you're in or is it mainly an American thing? Yeah, maybe that's because like the stricter rules just don't allow like give a much room to play something cheaper. So that's what it felt like. Nope. And nothing from Travis, I guess. All right, moving I on. I already oh. talked about it. Yep. I didn't know if you wanted any final words on it. No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, yeah, other than that, we are getting Commander 2018 spoilers starting next week already, I believe. Um, this Thursday. Yeah, it's obscene. Like we this just Thursday, got they're doing a stream um, with like the reveal of the theme and some key art and maybe a two. Yeah. We got done with M19 spoiler two weeks ago and we are now on commander 2018 spoilers. It's a little crazy. I I just sort of feel fatigued again, just like last time last year when they started ramping up supplementary sets, supplemental I mean, sets. I feel like the, yeah, it can get a bit overwhelming if you're looking at everything and looking to buy everything. But the people that are like going to be hyped for the commander product are not the people that were like really excited about the you know Tezzeret from the M set or anything like that. Like the people that play standard are not the same people that are going to be excited about this new stuff coming out in the commander set. I will say that this course had a lot of stuff that more a lot more commander players would be interested in, but I don't think that that. The core audience of people that you're looking for will be fatigued because they really haven't had a supplementary product for a bit. I think the other crazy thing that we saw in, in evolution of last year was that EDH cards spiked based off everyone trying to buy ahead of time. Like 2016 was the last year where it felt like you still had time to buy cards before EDH, like are uh, naturally influenced their prices last year it seemed like people started catching on and especially the first half of 2018 people are just using a shotgun approach where they see something that uh, a, a dragon that does well with defenders and then they buy every single defender card that could possibly go in it without realizing whether or not it's good so there's definitely going to be some market movement as commanders start getting spoiled with unique effects where people just take an inane amount of uh calls essentially and they buy out all these bulkers that have been sitting around forever so there's definitely money to be made off of that but with prices mainly dropping across the rest of the board on most stuff uh it's going to be interesting to see what happens to the market as we get into august i mean you still have some time for a lot of commander stuff even when this both over like the like key cards for a lot of the decks don't actually go up in price until people actually own the decks Commander players are not good at buying stuff ahead of time. So that's why we saw, like, even like the with the four color commander deck, we saw that Iraq Liner was only swallowed in one of those decks and was widely available for like three or four dollars for like a month or two before people really started to buy them and they disappeared. Now they're like 15. Add about that, Travis? Uh, no, I think you guys said it all. Cap. Everyone's just sort of in a glum mood today, it feels like. 
I, I think it's just kind of one of the points where it's just like there isn't really a lot to say that's like either we can speculate all we want, right? We just like know very little about Commander at this point. Um, and a pick of the week th- or credit winner of the week then? Yes, and since you said my audio quality great, I think you should read the question. Zuhair Sha'ath, which I probably butchered your name. He asks, how deep should I go on foil battle bond targets? What's the reprint risk of the land cycle and the EDH and legacy playable cards? What about non-foils? How deep should I go on those? But the foil, I think, is like battle bond events where people are actually like opening up product. Um, as it stands, you actually can't order battle bond in volume right now. It's not available through... The thing when it comes to speculating in anything is to not go deeper than you can afford to lose. Like, even if something is, you you think it's going to be money down the road, you shouldn't invest, like, every single dollar that you have sitting around in, like, a specific thing. You should definitely diversify what you're investing in. Um, but if you feel confident about foil battle bond stuff, then invest, like, 10% of your portfolio or something. Don't, like, get absolutely blown out by something that could happen that we've seen in the past, like, they suddenly do another run later in the year for Christmas time, or they reprint some of these cards in Commander. It you know just be safe. Don't don't go too far. That- out there, or at least there's a it's unsure about what the resupply is going to look like. So I'm in the same boat as you guys. Like I do like Battle Bond foil Battle Bond stuff right now. Um, I picked up some of it myself last week. There's a risk. Of course, uh, but it's sounding like they might be a little shy on supply. We could see like um, them do what they did with EMA last year where they kind of held it for a while. And then there was a second re-release around Christmas and put some more supply in the market. But if they don't, that means this is pretty sh- a pretty short and nobody's opening Battle Bond at all. It's n- not nearly as interesting as EMA or these other sets to open <clears throat> because the primary audience is so different. Um, you're going to get no interest in it overseas whatsoever because there's no casual markets over there. So you don't have any supply coming over there. So I think this might actually be, if we don't get a second resupply, could end up being one of the shortest run products basically since the first Modern Masters. You're also relatively safe on reprints for most of it. Wizards has shown they typically don't like to reprint stuff within like two to four years. That's general general rule of thumb. So even if you pick four cards that you really like and they reprint one of them, the other three might be good enough that you're fine. So I think in general, you're probably good, but don't overextend yourself hoping to, you know, hoping for a miracle. I just think it's reasonable. I'm hoping for a miracle. I just think it's reasonable. Yeah, they. I mean, they're they're more likely to put those in commander decks than they are the fast lands. But there's still a ton of land cycles that they haven't touched. Um, so you know, if they don't revisit those for two or three years, that's a long time for those to get good. And I really disliked them when they came out. I was like, why would anyone buy these? But I've kind of come around on them, um, especially because if you don't have shocks and fetches, they're basically the next easiest dual land to play. And most of the EDH fan base doesn't have those. And even if you do, you probably want some. Because if you've got 30 decks, you don't have 30 dual lands, you know, to put in all of them type of thing for the most part. So they're better than I thought they were. The foils especially are probably in pretty good shape. I mean, we cater really to casual players and they love these for their casual 60 cards, which like that's a dying thing in a lot of places where it's more EDH now. 
but we cannot keep these in stock. People are just buying them for five bucks and throwing them in their unsleeved stack of cards and going crazy. Um, it, it, the demand is like, like we're, we're aggressively buying these this weekend at the modern 5k. Um, it doesn't matter like how many I get in stock through arbitrage or otherwise they're, they're just selling out every time. So it's just something to keep in mind. What else is on the docket this week, Jeremy? And in the next year. And we talked about this a little bit last week, and that was my pick of the week. And I actually ended up winning the auction. So I put my money where my mouth is. I think this is a very good business investment opportunity for me. Um, I, I, I have a feeling we'll see these towards the end of the year or at latest in the spring of 2019. Uh, so if you have trilands, I'd start selling out. Yeah. I'm, sorry. Go ahead. I thought you were done. Because they can't, due to the royalty stuff, they can't reuse the 8th edition or original art. Uh, if they want to be able to sell playmats and stuff of the uh, the Tronlands, it's just not possible under the old way that they structured artist contracts uh, with royalties. It's not profitable, nor do they have the right in a lot of cases to be able to use the older art. Um, so the fact that we got new art just means that these are most likely going to be the new face of Tronlands for a while. And... Uh, if that, that is true, and my prediction is correct, there's a lot of money to be made shorting Tronlands and then rebuying them uh, when they basically go down to nothing. Yeah, I definitely think that um, they're due for a master set reprint at some point in time. They're like 4 or $5 each at this point, and they could go a long way to like help boot. I definitely agree that they'll definitely uh, be reprint at some point probably in, in the very new, near future um that being said it's kind of hard because i don't think that they really have a place in standard um so i would leave the, that would leave it for like a master's type set which we don't know what it looks like it could be like as soon as like november like so, like something in the fall similar to iconic or it could very well not be until next year who knows um that being said, uh, like if you have them, sell them. If you're not like if, if you if you can wait, like definitely wait. I can see like them going down to like a dollar or something. Um, it's unlikely also that they would have like variations on the art. So I imagine like the antiquity antiquities ones and like even chronicles ones would probably hold like a decent amount of value. Because I know like a lot of people like to have the like twelve different Tron land arts like uh, one for each one of the tron lands i know that's like reasonably popular with people uh beyond that like you can afford to wait then it's you you you'll definitely be able to buy them um they won't be terribly expensive even at like uncommon or something but it does kind of prop up the value a little bit um that being said i think foils will actually stay pretty expensive i really like the look on like the 8th and ninth edition foils are actually expensive. If you have a look, like most of those foils are probably like in the fifty to sixty dollar range right now. Um, and I imagine those continue to stay expensive because like mismatching them is would be kind of would be kind of awkward. Um, but that being said, if you can afford to wait, you'll definitely have like a very very good chance to buy them on the cheap whenever they come out next. Uh, mainly because I think. Like reprint equity is getting kind of low on these on these like masters level sets. It doesn't feel like anything is in like dire need of a reprint. Um, 
obviously there's always gonna be the cards that like they haven't seen a reprint in a while they're they're getting kind of expensive but if you're looking for something that's not just like completely disjointed and very clear that they're just trying to maximize value by jamming expensive cards in there then i'm kind of not really sure what uh what reprint opportunities uh wizards has um which is kind of interesting uh for commander because not only do we like know nothing about it but it's always kind of interesting seeing like what reprint options they have available in commander that's coming up so i imagine like once we know about the theme that we can kind of extrapolate from there but it, it like that's one of the venues that they could be reprinting things and uh we just have to we just have to kind of see i guess to see where uh what it looks like for a commander in terms of reprints and then where reprints can go from here i don't know how I guess on ter in terms of the Tron lands, I don't know how to translate that into actionable information for most of our listeners. You know, if you're a storefront and you've got several hundred of these plowing through them uh, before new ones hit the shelves and drops the price from like whatever they are, four or five bucks to a dollar is a big deal. If you've just got 12 Tron lands sitting at home for playing decks, that's not, it's not worth the time or the effort to try and get through them. So I guess... Don't buy any foils. Don't buy any at all, especially not the foils, and just wait for the new ones to hit hit shelves and then buy those instead. Um, but that's, I think, about all you can probably do as a normal person. Yeah, that would be my thing. Like, if you're going to an event soon or if someone's interested in your trade binder and you have a couple of Tron lands, like, it's fine to let them go. Like, if you've been picking bulk and you have, like, three or four Tron lands, it's, like, 10 bucks in a trade, trade that towards something else. I can't imagine who, not to, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just wondering like who would have those in their, their trade binder and be like, no, I can't trade these. <laughs> it's not that it's like prioritize trading them away. Be mm. like, oh, you like this card, but I also have these Tron lands. Would you like some of these? Gotcha. That's where it can be actionable. Sure, sure. Something to consider is like, you kind of like want to stay a little bit ahead of the curve, I guess, is you can kind of, of uh start like making advances on other cards that are tron pieces like whether it be like harmless grade worm coil engine oblivion stone um what else is in tron like whatever well what are the other like big expensive cards in tron i can't think of off. but whatever right like we saw this the spirit, spirit dragon yeah like uh, sometimes they play all is dust sometimes they play ulamog like big artifact creatures Yep, yeah, like those are good examples. Um, like we we saw that when Scapeshift uh, was reprinted, right? Like the bottleneck was no longer Scapeshift towards the deck. It's like it was Valkut. Um, I imagine like the same thing would happen with Tron. Uh, like the bottleneck, uh, like not that Tron land was necessary. Not that the Tron pieces were like bottlenecks, but if Tron is like becomes that much more available, people then people might think like, okay, well, like what do I need next? And then you can start thinking like, okay, now it's time to go buy like Wormcoil Engine and all these other cards. I think Jeremy had mentioned like Wormcoil Engine was like his pick two weeks ago, I think. Last week. Last week. Okay. Um like that was his pick. Like it just it just seems like all that much more reasonable that if more people want to buy into these cards, then like demand for them will go up even if supply stays relatively static. So like if you if you want to take like action there like that could be something that you could do. 
Yeah, honestly, if you want to play Tron, buy your Oblivion Stones now. They're five dollars and they've never been cheaper. Makes sense. You guys ready to get into pick of the week? Not particularly, but go ahead. Ed. Well, Ed goes first, so we will be. Ed always goes first. Um. Yeah. Uh. So I have two ish. They're kind of the same, but uh, they're it's containment priest and masterpiece containment priest. Um. Uh, depending on how legacy shores up, uh, containment priests. Uh, it, like it could be very good, like especially if you're expecting like, you know, reanimator to be good, um, or like kind of these decks that like just like cheat big creatures into play. It's there's still after all this time only one printing for containment priest, and that's the original commander 2013 printing, I think. Um, and then if you want like a foil one, the only foil version you can get is the masterpiece one. Um, they're like they're both kind of narrow cards. Like the normal containment priest is, I think, like fifteen dollars. It's not terribly expensive. It's stayed at that price forever. Um, but like if it's the, if you know if we project uh, legacy to be headed towards like these combo decks, then there's like there's a lot of use for containment priests, especially in sideboards like miracles, um, death and taxes, etc. Um, and the masterpiece one as a whole, um, when I was actually like trying to reprice some cards earlier today it seems like a lot of masterpieces have trended upwards like i don't know if anyone noticed but stifle was recently bought out and now it's like the cheapest copy you can buy is like a hundred like forty dollars or something uh there might be like some more listings since i have like last looked but uh people are projecting like rug delver to be good again which is uh which would cause like the surge in stifle but it generally seems like a lot of masterpieces are like slowly creeping up from their initial spike um when like a bunch of people just listed surplus copies and not a lot of them have disappeared again so i know as i say this a lot but i probably keep track of like masterpieces more than most people and it's probably something to be considering if you're looking to pick up masterpieces um because it it does feel like a lot of birds starting to trend up and the supply on a lot of them is getting pretty low it's funny you say that because when we decided to do pick of the week this week before before you said anything, I had already pulled up the Masterpiece Inventions page to start looking through them. Like, it's been a little while since I poked through this. I bet there's something good in here. Um, so I like Containment Priest. Uh, and then I'll use it as a springboard into my pick is uh, Rings of Bright Hearth is looking pretty juicy right now. Um, supply is relatively low. There's only about 12 vendors for probably like 25 to 30 copies. Price graph on the card is on all versions of the card is a slight upward trend, but it's not like we saw a huge spike recently and it's already at a new price. It hasn't done that yet. You're looking at almost 10,000 EDH decks, which is very solid. Um, it's a card that's just going to be good every single time. Um, also, just saw a new application with Najila. So, anyone's building Najila, I believe they're playing Rings of Bright Hearth because you can copy her on tap ability, which is useful uh, if you can't go infinite. So, Overall, uh, with this is on brings a bright hearth invention or inventions at about 85, 85 to 90 right now are pretty solid. I mean, they're not going to double. I don't think you're getting $190 in two weeks, but you can go from 85 or 90 to like 130. Uh, so, you know, you can probably score 40 or 50 bucks a copy on these, I would bet. Just keep in mind that they're masterpieces. They're not going to fly out of your inventory. They take their time. 
Yeah, and like the same thing as like containment priest, right? Master like Rings of Bright Hearth, there's one original printing in Lorwyn. That's like eleven years old at this point. And while there is obviously the original foil printing, like those are just like obnoxiously rare. I can't remember last time I've even seen one. So realistically, like if someone does want like something like a foil copy for their deck, it's going to be the masterpiece version because that's just so much more accessible. And realistically, I'd say that like it's almost just as accessible to find a masterpiece one as it is to find like a nice copy of an original one because it's just been so long and there's just not a lot out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You guys should definitely follow Ed's rule when it comes to uh, speculating or like looking at which cards to target. Uh, a card must be older than the scotches he drinks for him to be interested in it. That's a reasonable bar. That's a reasonable bar. 12 years, like, minimum is a good line. Yeah, but per- Containment Priest is not that old. Yeah, but I- that one, that card's a flash in the pan, Jim. You know, we went almost the whole cast without you doing that. I'm so disappointed in you. Like, it was a token effort. Ed? Uh, realistically, I would. I think we're at the point in Magic, like just given like the turnover rate. I think I would say like nowadays your average consumer for Magic probably has not been playing for more than like two to three years. Like honestly, at this point, I would say anything like pre like. I I, I don't know what the tipping point is. Like RTR seems to be a point where like a huge surge hit. Like anything before then, it like may as well be as ancient as like, I don't know like a pre-modern card or something so go ahead sorry i was just gonna say like i i wrote an article about like the different time periods of magic and like when the surges happened which caused a lot of supply swells so like cards from before rtr till about where zendikar is are about the same supply and then stuff pre-zendikar until like uh time spiral are also kind of the same rarity and then everything pre-time spiral till the beginning of modern is the same rarity more or less so every every like time period that you go back the cards are rarer and they are more hard to find especially if they haven't been reprinted which is why like really weird dumb stuff from like morning tide and even tide are really expensive even though they won't get played in anything it's just impossible to find good point so my pick this week is sealed product, and I'm sure everyone's going to be real mad at me yep. for this one, but my pick of the week is uh, Commander 2018, the full set. Right now, you can pre-order it for $120. Uh, if you are lucky enough to have won a $25 gift certificate to coolstuffing.com because you leave a question on the Gathering Magic page. I'm going you- to stop Jim right there. We have four to five people every week that tweet at us, where do I leave a question to win? And we say it on the cast every week where you can leave a question to win. So are you guys doing this as a meme or are you doing this because you don't listen to the cast and you're just trying to win a gift card? Because I'm confused. I feel like at this point, because you asked it, now it's going to be a joke. Now people are going to tweet at Jeremy to ask him where to leave the I question. mean, we have literally had people that have followed us for two years since the account was created. And they're like, yo, where do I leave a comment? On the literal link where it says, please leave a question on Gathering Magic. 
If any of you ever have any further questions, feel free to tweet at Jeremy. He'll be happy to direct you to the page that you I, I mean, it's not even a meme. It's just like, do you listen to the cast or are you just like not listen to the cast and you're trying to win for free? Because I'm just confused. Like, do you follow the cartel page for fun then? Like, what's going on? So. No, I only follow the cartel page for business, not pleasure. Yeah. All right, Jim. Anyway, you were saying? So, uh, yes, you can pre-order the full set of Commander decks from Cool Stuff for $120. Uh, shipping is included on all orders over $100, so you don't have to pay any shipping for that. If you hold this for a year and the, all four decks are not complete garbage, which I'll, I'll, I'll preface this with, none of the Commander sets have been complete failures. Like There are some decks that are better than others, but there are no decks that are not good at all. Right now on TCG Player, the four decks from last year, which came out the same time as this year, uh, the minimum price for a set of four is $180 shipped. And the Dragon deck by itself is $90. So even though there's not $90 worth of cards in these decks, they are extremely rare and extremely hard to find after a certain period of time. And especially the ones that are more sought after will skyrocket in price until they get reprinted into Commander Anthologies. So at this point, I've been buying Commander sets, one set of Commander decks every year for the past uh, however many years they've been existing, and I have yet to lose money on them. It's just impossible to do. Unless you wait Allegedly. too long. Yes. I mean, I'm speaking hyper hyperbolically, but if you aren't sure what you want to buy, think you might play some of the Commander stuff, maybe you're thinking about getting into Commander, maybe just want something to accumulate value over the year. At this price point, I don't see a, a way that you can lose money. Um, granted, you don't have a lot of time to buy this because generally speaking, as spoilers start, the price of sealed product will rise as more people buy it because they're more excited about the cards in it. So a lot of times you'll have to buy this blind without knowing what's in it before you, you know, pre-order it. Uh, but at this point, like I think that they're just juicing up the reprints. They're going, you know, much harder. We sell that, you know, even last year, like they just did a, did a better job of putting in good reprints, putting in good new cards, and and keeping people interested in, in purchasing the deck. So I've already pre-ordered my set. Most of my EDH group has already pre-ordered their set. Even if you only want to play one deck out of it. You could probably break even and get that deck for free. Travis? I already did mine. Oh, I just meant if there was anything you wanted to add. No, I think that. I think the Commander Precons are a really good deal. They have been good every single time if you get them on pre-order. And I think most years I curse not having pre-ordered them. And this year is the first year that I should actually finally do it, except... <clears throat> Our EDH group has kind of fallen by the wayside, so I don't know if I really feel like it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're interested in any of them, you should just buy the whole damn thing. My pick of the week is the original art to the Tronlands. I see big investment returns in the future. Um, I'm, all gonna, I'm just going to close this cast down <laughs> with you. I'm going to go eat dinner. Um, man... It's real hard to figure out what to choose, especially because I have to put my money where my mouth is when it comes to like buying cards that I have pick of the week calls on. You don't have to. Oh, feels like it. Because uh, we were we were managing the buy list, or Doug and I, for uh, the 5K on like what we want to pay aggressively on and what we don't want to pay aggressively on. 
And uh, the commander ban list uh, came out today and they didn't ban Cyclonic Rift. So I'm inclined to believe that Cyclonic Rift is going to trend up uh, until, unless they spoil it in the commander 2018 stuff. Um, I mean, this is probably going to be like an $18 card if they don't reprint it this year, maybe 20, even with so many copies out there from across three sets. Um, but a card I still really, really like, and I don't see an avenue where this card gets reprinted, really, even with the commander stuff. Uh, Flip Avison from Shadows Over Innistrad. Uh, based on both online sales and, and in-store sales, though this is anecdotal evidence, uh, demand is starting picking started picking up for this card. Um, I'm not sure why, besides maybe casual play, and I don't think it has the same rate of play as stuff like Traverse the Uvenwald or Tireless Tracker on the set, uh, but I think it's getting to the point where a lot of casual players are seeing this card at this cheap of a price, and they're just buying a copy or two. Uh, we keep selling them in copies of one to two instead of like a playset, but it's just something to keep your eye on if you come across this card in like a bulk bin because it's really not worth that much money, and it does have a fun effect. So it's just something I would keep my eye on. Because I, I don't think they put this in Commander. So, so for anyone who's wondering what card he's talking about, the name of it is Archangel Avison. And uh, that's basically where we are going to end the cast since Ed uh, did not charge his laptop. Ed, where can people find you? Uh, at Edwin13 on Twitter. Uh, I'm in Baltimore this week. Um, I leave for Japan on Wednesday. I'll be in Osaka for most of the week, and then I'll be at the GP in Chiba um, the following weekend. So unfortunately, I will not be at Jeremy's uh, charity event. The weekend after that, I'll be back in Minneapolis. My name is Jim Casal. You can find me on Twitter at PHRST underscore, and you can find my articles on Gathering Magic every other week. I am Travis Allen. I'm on Twitter at Wizard Bump and B-U-M-P-I-N. I write every Monday for the do the Watchtower series over an MTG price. I also do the podcast MTG Fast Finance and would like to say... Uh, that it has been a pleasure, but this is going to have to be my last cast. Just got too much that's keeping me busy elsewhere. So I really appreciate you guys letting me join you for a while, and I've had a lot of fun, uh, but this will uh, this will be it for me. So hope you guys are able to find somebody exciting next time. No problem. And uh, I'm Jeremy. You can find me on Twitter at MissouriMTG. I will also be at GP Chiba with Ed, and then I will be at GP Minneapolis as well. And we will also have a modern 5K um, this weekend in St. Louis if anyone wants to stop by and sell cars to Doug and I. So thanks for watching. You can find us on Twitter at cartel underscore finance, on YouTube, iTunes, or on gatheringmagic.com. Thanks a lot, guys, and we'll see you next week.